For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. time it is this is believe in vikings i am your host dustin baker here with bryant mckinney who won a super bowl with the baltimore ravens we're also joined by sal spice and ron saw from eden prairie it's our typical panel we're going to talk about the, <laughs> the jets win that roller coaster and then get into lions week we've got a wide receiver named jalen rigger who guaranteed victory we've got an injury port that is longer than the Nile River. Let's chat about it, shall we? First, though, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. Basketball is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag and join to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV, believe, that's why you're here, and you'll receive the rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Leaving Vikings the week 14 edition. The Vikings beat the New York Jets 27-22. And it seems like every football game of the Vikings is right in that range. 27-22, 28-20. It's always about a 5 or 6, 7.8 game. And the Vikings win. They're 9-0 in one-score games. So, Bryant, I've been thinking about this all week. I already know your answer, but I have to ask anyway. If you're on a football team that's up 20-3, to and you just kind of go to bed and you lose it, and then you salvage it with a win in the fourth quarter. Are you at all thinking, we got to put these sons of bitches away before it gets to this point? Or are you doing the mantra, a win is a win? At a certain point, though, we, I mean, somebody, if it's not me, somebody on the team, I just know, like, even as Hurricanes, it reads, somebody would have spoke up and said, okay, we don't have to make it close. Like, every game doesn't have to be close, so... I would say maybe this is like to excite the fans a little bit, but I would say at a certain point, like we have to learn how to finish then, because if that's the case, if it's, if it's getting, you know, 20 to three and then people are making it a closer game again, it's like, we're getting lax somewhere. We're getting comfortable at a certain point and we have to just realize we needed to keep continue to step on the gas. <clears throat> Sally, but then it? they are still yep. finding a way to win though, but you just are get There's a period of time where you're kind of being lulled to sleep a little bit too. Sally, I think what well, was twenty was twenty to three, and then their version of Greg the Leg hit a sixty yarder, which of course it was going to be good. Kind of felt like, all right, what are they doing? And then the three and out on the first drive, it was absolutely preordained <laughs> that that game was going to go down to the wire. How are what? What do you think after these collapse leads but salvage victories? Are you like, well, 
son of a bitch, we still won. Or are you are you shaking your head? Well, isn't it funny? I feel like we're having the same conversation every single week almost. Uh, but I mean, I was sitting there up 20 to three and I'm thinking, OK, maybe this is the week they finally change the narrative. And mm-hmm. obviously that didn't happen. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, just like you said, it, it to hold them, you know, to just those three field goals to start out and then to just have the collapse. It's disappointing. You would like to see them step up and just put a team away. Eventually, somehow at the end of these games, they're always um, pulling it out. They certainly didn't make it easy on themselves after uh, getting a turnover in the red zone and then not being able to convert a first down going three and out. But I mean, like Bryant just said, and like we've all said, I mean, they're finding ways to win. So at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Ron, it's and the, mm-hmm. I would like to say that I think that I am partially to blame for this because remember week one of the Packers yep. game, I sat there and I was like, you know, this is cool and all, but I'd like a little more action. This is a little boring. So I got what I, what I wished for an gotta, entertaining season. Nonetheless, you got to figure out a way to reverse that. And we'll take the next five <laughs> games as like 17 point wins. Ron, it is the Ron. It's the most mind-boggling thing in the Viking, the Minnesota community, that the Vikings would be ten and two, and we're like, oh, you know, it's just kind of like, uh, you did that. You did what against the Jets? I think the problem with the Jets is that we have the stereotype that it's the Jets, when in reality they were a seven and four football team that's now seven and five. So when uh, there's nothing that bothers me more in sports when my favorite team starts to, especially the Vikings, start to choke away a lead, it's I'd rather just lose like they lost the Cowboys and be done with it. When they start to walk back a lead, I just I become an absolute four year old. Are you different? How does this win sit with you against the Jets, Ron? Well, there's a couple things because yes, they the the first three and out, um, the fact that we weren't able to move the ball, um, that was a little depressing um, with that big momentum shift. Uh, but one thing I will say, because yes, it is the Jets, um, or like that's what we all want to think. But man, that defense is legit. Um, like there's, like they got players across the field. They got a lot of depth, um, and you know they're good at key spots. So um, the fact that we got to twenty points in the first half on them, like that was impressive. Mm-hmm. Like because they don't give up that many points. Um, now that we'll get to the defensive side of the ball <laughs> um, in a different way. Cause we're making, you know, Matt Jones, Mike White look like, you know, uh, Joe Namath and Tom Brady um, over <laughs> here, but uh, um, you know, kudos to the defense for stepping up when it matters, making those plays. Um, and if it weren't for Tim and Sullivan, not knowing how to tackle um, like he, like on the Garrett Wilson long pass, he just, he gave up like he I don't know what he was doing, but um, there were it was very much a missed tackle game. And that so far this season has been a little unorthodox. Um, so I think some of that you can clean up. Uh, but the whole time, you know, as the Jets are, you know, kicking all their field goals and, you know, you're watching Greg Zerline look like the Greg Zerline that kicked the Rams in the Super Bowl. Um, but uh, he the whole time I'm telling Cindy, I'm like, there's no way that or like. I was like, they still have to score a touchdown because we were up by two mm-hmm. scores. Like they still have to score a touchdown. And then the other side was they still got to do it twice. And I don't trust the Jets offense to do that the way that they've played. Now, again, it got a lot closer than I would have wanted. Um, but, you know, it's again, I, I think we all know that these close games are, you know, they're going to learn from it, but at some point I'd like to see them learn from it and then counter punch like in the game. And that third quarter, um, 
that was, I don't know what, I, there's no way to explain what happened in that third quarter. Um, and that's frustrating because third quarter woes, now that's a trend. It's no longer a mirage with this team. Yeah, on both sides of the ball, they both just, I mean, completely just take take a nap in the third quarter. There's been a couple games where they've changed the script a little bit, but this one was probably the worst because 10 plays, 10 yards, whatever it was on offense, and the defense didn't surrender points, but it, it was just doing its bend but don't break uh, items. Let's talk about playoff seeding for a second, Ron. The Vikings still have a somewhat realistic chance of getting the one seed, but they need the Eagles to lose two games, and they don't have the easiest schedule. they got the Cowboys and the Giants, if you consider them a threat. You were talking to me offline this week about the number two seed theory. What do you got in that regard? So, well, yes, it'd be great to have the one seed, you know, have home field advantage throughout and everything. But if you take a step back and look at it, the way, obviously, with Garoppolo no longer, um, and imagine where we've come. We're talking about Garoppolo being gone from the Niners as a significant loss. But, you know, when you have a rookie last pick in the draft, um, like that's going to happen. Now they have a lot of talent on that team, um, but still it's Brock Purdy, not Jimmy G. Mm -hmm. So the way I look at it is, it might not be the worst thing in the world if we have the number two seed and, you know, we're able to lock that up because the one and five seeds are going to be the NFC East teams, Cowboys, Eagles, however mm-hmm. you want to slice it. So, and assuming the, the Cowboys then win their first round of the playoffs, which is all but likely, um, or the Eagles, whoever that may be, um, they then are, and then assuming that the three seed takes care of business, um, the Vikings would then, yes, they have to beat the seven seed, which again, whether that's the Seahawks or whatever, mm-hmm. either way, you just handle business at home. And then the next game, instead of you avoid both, or you'll have to at some point play one of them, but you don't have to play both of them. Mm-hmm. And whereas if you have the one seed, you're going to have to play both of them at some point to get to the Super Bowl. So my thoughts are, if you sit comfortably in this two seed and you hope that they just kind of you know, take or beat each other up, you know, whoever that may be, you hope for the away team to win, yeah. whether that's Cowboys or, or Eagles and, uh, and then have them come here. But so yes, it's an extra game. You don't get the buy, but the path may be slightly easier, you know, team wise. Um, now again, I'm not going to put it's the NFL, anything can happen. Yeah. Um, so yes, get the buy home field be fine with that but uh it may not be the worst thing in the world if we if we stay in that second seed going into the playoffs i think the theory your theory would be that the cowboys would beat the bucks in tampa that's kind yeah. of the that's the one gimme that you have it's probably not a gimme gimme with brady on that team um but in that in that scenario yeah the eagles would play the cowboys and then if you if you think the Cowboys have the gumption to knock them off, the NFC Championship could end up in Minneapolis. Sally, if you if the Vikings ran into the Cowboys in the playoffs, which is very likely, um, would you be like, all right, this is a revenge situation? Or would you be like, oh, God, them again? I mean, it's funny that after like two years on this show, you haven't figured out that I'm like a one week at a time kind of gal. <laughs> I don't like looking ahead to this stuff um, because it's – probably not going to happen that way anyways. Uh, no, I don't want the Vikings to play them. I don't want them to play the Eagles, but it's going to happen eventually. Um, I guess if I had to choose, I would rather them play Dallas, but I mean, I, I think it's going to be tough either way, but I would lean Dallas just because it would be back at us bank stadium. 
even though Dallas doesn't seem to have a problem with that <laughs> historically. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Either way, it's not great. It actually slipped my mind until earlier this week that now only one team gets a bye. Mm-hmm. So um, that sucks. <laughs> Uh, I don't really think the Eagles need another week of rest, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not something I spend a lot of energy pondering, to be do, honest. Do you look <laughs> at the the shape, the way the seventh seed's shaping up, or no cares? Well, I mean, it's just so you don't know. I mean, I mean, technically, Detroit could still get it. Mm-hmm. So I don't. So I, mm-hmm. I don't. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. I guess to think about a little bit, but. Um, and as we've said, you know, the NFC is is just not as competitive as the AFC. So I'm not too worried about those lower seeds. Um, but, you know. Packers uh, fans and pundits are doing what we usually do at this time of year, crunching scenarios on who needs to lose and who needs to win for them to get in because they have to run the table, which is four more games, and then have a bunch of shit happen between commanders and giants and who have you. Uh, Bryant, do players start peeking at playoff situations or is that a fan and media driven thing? No, players do. They try to get an idea. If, you know, when I played, it was two uh, bye weeks, you know. Yeah. First time, but um, you'll want to get a bye week, but then if not, you try to figure out who you have to play and try to figure out if it's going to be home or away, things like that. So you do, you do try to take a peek at it. Okay. And get an idea, get a feel for if it's a team you played for, played against already, or if not, um, I do think if they play Dallas again, and having Darisol back, it may make a difference. And I think it would be a different outcome because now it's like this is either you win or go home. It's not – there isn't at this point a, um, yeah, we only have one loss. And, okay, we kind of can afford it when you can't afford to win. And you and you just look at it how, how well you had – like how well your season has been. So now it's the team that you kind of do get some type of redemption on where it really counts and you can knock them out. I'm pretty sure that it'd be a more of a tense game, especially at home. Like you get to play them again at home in the same season. Yeah. Yeah. And if they do meet the Cowboys again, in all likelihood, unless the Eagles have a, a junior collapse, the Cowboys would have to come to us bank stadium uh, because right. of the way the playoffs it, playoffs are structured. On the other hand though, if they want to get redemption against the Eagles in all likelihood, that'll have to be in Ron's least favorite spot in the world. Uh, the city of Philadelphia. At least. Yeah. Second, second least to just all of Wisconsin. <laughs> I don't know how we're even supposed to sit through that. So that's that's why I don't want to think about it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, just enjoy the moment. I get it. (laughs) Uh, Bryant, the Vikings injury report. The first one uh, of the week was released, and it's their largest of the season because five players did not practice because of, quote, illness, end quote. And uh, some, I think ESPN's reporter, Kevin Seifert, said it was not the coronavirus. It's just illness. So does that sound like a flu thing to you or... Sound like a flu or something that they can be over within like three days. Okay. And we yep. don't know when they when they first got it, but they probably sat them out, you know, uh today. They'll probably practice tomorrow or Friday. The Ron, the let's see who else was on there. It seems that Christian Darasaw is tr- perhaps um, trending to come back. He's a maybe this week. And they have said they've been more optimistic about Cameron Dantzler starting, and that's as Caleb Evans hits the IR for a concussion. I don't know that I've ever heard about the injured reserve for concussion, so that that gives me uh, concerns because um, he's he's had two. I think 
Chris Thomason from the Pioneer Press said that he's had three now. Uh, I don't I don't remember the third one, but definitely two. So this injury report in about two minutes, we're going to talk about the point spread. This 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 weird point spread that we have. But foremost, this injury report, Ron, does that make you a little little nervous, or do you think this thing cleans up by Friday or so? I mean, it does, especially when you're dealing with illnesses and players in close proximity. Just um, you know. The, what it takes out of you you know it's you can't practice you know you likely can't eat all that type of stuff so now your conditioning everything now it's taken into effect and they're all you know around each other so hope it doesn't i mean thank god it's not covid and you know dealing with those protocols and whatnot but um they, you know it's always concerning but then again it's also we live in minnesota like everyone is sick at this point or close to it you know it's there going around so hopefully it's just something small where it's like, you know what, no need to push your lungs today, just whatever, get your rest. Um, <clears throat> so the the actual injured players that are starting to progress, you know, with Derisaw, um, or well, primarily Derisaw, um, I, I mean, it sounds like he's trending towards playing, which obviously that's huge. Um, you know, having a couple weeks off and, you know, I think, you know, Brandel stepped in and played as well as you could have expected for a player in that situation um, when you're losing one of the best left tackles in the league. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully the whatever bug they're dealing with just doesn't get any worse and doesn't uh, affect the team um, from here on out. But uh, um, I anticipate that whether or not they're ill, they're going to play. Um, you know, I can't imagine – too many players that that don't take that sense of pride in, you know, even if I'm sick, I remember Robert Smith, you know, that game against Tampa, you're, you know, whatever, late nineties throwing mm-hmm. up on the field <laughs> and then, you know, having a big game. So um, hopefully, hopefully they're all just better and everyone that's hurt, you know, it's not on IR is ready to play on Sunday. One thing that I learned during the pandemic, which probably embarrassing, I didn't already know is that, you talked about Minnesota climate being cold is folks don't get sick because it's cold outside. It's because people stay indoors more and the ventilation recycles the viruses. And I think for that point, 37 years, I was kind of like, Oh, you go outside, it's cold climate, you get cold, but it's not your body body lowering its defenses. It's that you stay indoors more and pick up more shit through the air. And uh, COVID, I didn't know. Yeah. COVID taught me that. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing about going, going outside without a hat or wet hair, all of that is false. The viruses yeah. don't mm. care if your body's cold. It's just more right. people stay inside and therefore more germs and viruses go through ventilation. But this is not, uh, believe in diseases. This is believe in Vikings. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you, Sally, about the point spread. Uh, it started. Well, wait, yeah. first of all, um, Ev- Evans, I mean, you talked about him going to IR for the concussions. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this, but he had a complete Twitter meltdown. No. After the game. Um, his, okay, this is what he tweeted. Now, of course, I just lost it. Uh, he said at 8.04 p.m., don't hit me up because I'm not answering. And then, of course, a bunch of people proceeded to hit him up. And he said, uh, it means don't hit me up. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. And then, um, yeah, I, I just thought that that was interesting because he was obviously very upset. It sounded like a little more than maybe the concussion because, or maybe not. I don't know. Just speculating. But uh, sorry, go ahead. You're going to talk about the spread. Yeah. But foremost, that was tonight or that was Sunday night? That was Sunday night. Okay. At eight. 
So not too long after the game. I wonder, totally speculation. I wonder if he learned that he was going to be on the shelf now because he had back-to-back concussions and he was like, screw yes. all that. I'm fine. That's my he did tweet something too that, that said that. he did like one of the other things that I saw that was deleted was, well, I guess I'm not playing. Um, but so I don't know what, uh, right. what that was in reference to, but hmm. yeah, he obviously doesn't agree with the IR. Shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah, and he's usually captain positivity. So mm-hmm. that's strange. Uh, the, the point spread, Sally, I want to ask you about it. When, when it first kind of debuted Sunday night, Monday morning, it was even, and then it was a point for the lions. And now, now the thing's two and a half for the five and seven lions hosting the 10 and two Vikings. So it's very apparent that at least by a point or half a point, the NF or Vegas believes the lions are better than the Vikings. And I, Struggle to wrap my head around it. Do they know about this injury report or what? Well, did, I am sure you saw that the Lions also have uh, mm-hmm. players on players with illness as well. So, yes, I did. Uh, but not starters. Like, I mean, they only have three and the Vikings have, what, four starters? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, obviously, for being the home team, they're going to get more of an advantage. But it it, it is shocking. Um, I guess that they, Vegas believes that uh, the Lions, you know, they're four out of the last five games that they've won uh that they're for real and the vikings are going to get exposed is i guess what it looks like but you know the they play close games pretty much historically i mean especially the last three years since or sorry two years since dan campbell's been there the last three games i mean i think the biggest difference in points has been four so i mean i don't know what to think about it but it is it is weird it is and i uh throughout the week look at various things and like dvoa or epa per play almost every team metric shows the vikings average at about between 15th and 19th and for some somehow they have this voodoo that the only thing that they do really 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 well is win games in the fourth quarter i have no idea why that is the case and i don't dislike it um but I, i'll maintain i was sitting there towards the end of the cowboys game three weeks ago whatever it was and uh, I swear that that was the game that Vegas, the national media wanted to see to feel vindicated about just not. I mean, you'll if you turn on any ESPN radio show tomorrow and they're talking about Super Bowl contenders, they don't mention the Vikings. It's the Chiefs. It's the Bills still who are the front runners somehow Eagles and Cowboys. And at a 10 and two, you're like, God, and you start to wonder, like, do they know something I don't? You know, are they they're I don't know. Um, so the the point spread it's certainly in favor of the Lions. Does that matter to you at all, Bryant, that the Lions are favored, or is that just chalkboard material? I thought, were they favored the last time we played them or not? No, no. And the weird part is, is that back in the day, you always add three points on top of the home team. And I think in recent years, it's usually a point or two in favor of the home team. So it's almost as if odds makers, Vegas, is saying, you know, the Lions are a better football team by about a point, no matter where they play. And I don't know if it's momentum because they just smoked the Jaguars. But yeah, I I don't know if it can be channeled for good because the 10 and 2 Vikings are underdogs against the Detroit Lions. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Right. So that should be a conf- like a conversation in the locker room saying even though we're sitting here at 10 and 2, we're still underdog. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll yeah. because like, why? We still haven't proven ourselves because we're still being doubted by a lot of people. We're sitting here 10 and 2 with, with the second best record. What is the second best record? Yeah, yeah, like not even tied for it. Straight up, the second best record. Right, in the league, but we're like not even (laughs) in consideration for, you know, anything. And then now we're underdogs against Detroit. Like, I don't know what's going on, honestly. Yeah, it's it's strange. One good thing, uh, Ron or Sally, is it's kind of impossible to have a trap game when you're just – you know, underdogs against yeah. teams that are five and seven. <laughs> so true. That's true. Yeah, you can't get too full of yourself. Um, let's see. Uh, I think the one final thing I want to talk about is this afternoon, Jalen Rager, who is the Vikings WR4 and punt returner, joined the team from the Eagles late in the summer. He guaranteed a victory. He told Chris oh. Thomason, we're going to win. And Thomason said, do you guarantee it? And he said, yes. So, Ron, does that – I don't know why he's in the business of making that prognostication. <laughs> um, you know, he's not the quarterback. But does that – do you think that's chalkboard material or is that just some hubris that's welcomed? I don't know if it's chalkboard material. I mean, if if Jefferson came out – hey, Stone. <laughs> if Jefferson came out and, uh, and said it or one of the guys who – yeah, and I'm not saying Rager hasn't had an impact because obviously punt returning and then he's made some plays – um, but when, when it comes from your fourth wide receiver, um, saying something, you know, I don't think that's going to give the lions the, the extra motivation, like, Oh, now we're going to go and we're going to beat their ass. Like, um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it doesn't, it well, one, the way the lions have been playing lately too, if they need that as motivation, um, then that's another story as well. So, um, I mean, I think it's one of those, and we all know how, you know, Sally knows better than all of how Thomason likes to ask his questions. And, you know, he's uh, he's very good at, uh, you know, well, just the no filter, doesn't care, and just looking for a response. And, you know, so be it. It came from the punt returner. But, you know, maybe he goes out and has a monster, monster play or monster uh, um, special teams play and backs it up. I'm sure he would like to have that opportunity to be out there to back it up, and I think he's shown that he has that ability in spurts. I don't know if there's the consistent nature of it, but um, it's really a non-story for me. Bryant, a teammate of yours, a punt returner no less, <clears throat> guaranteeing victory. How does that sit with you? If that happens. He was my teammate? No. <laughs> no I knew as soon as <laughs> oh, I said it. I'm, <laughs> if he was your teammate. Oh, you saying in general. Uh, <laughs> you better go ahead and return a few punts uh, then. <laughs> Put it out there and make it easier on us a little bit. <laughs> right? Put your money where your mouth is. I mean, I don't mind it. What's all, What else is he supposed to say? Yeah. It, like, right. w- I mean, no matter how he would have answered that question, it would have been wrong to, some, right. to someone, right? I mean, it, like Ron said, it is Chris Thomason. Love him to death, but he would. Chris Thomason would have spun that quote. Not that it wouldn't be accurate because it would be what he said, but the story that would have accompanied that wouldn't have been great or the tweets the tone of the tweets right so like there wasn't really a way to win win that scenario and i'd rather him say that than than not have the confidence that they were going to win it would be more of a story if he came out and like you know if a player came out and said the opposite like yeah vikings wide receiver receiver doesn't think they can beat the lions right Mm -hmm. unless it's in like a sarcastic way like when some of those guys play to the media like well we're already we've already lost this game right (laughs) 
but what about uh, Hawkinson playing his old team, Sally? Does that little motivation there? Well, it's it's funny how since they've made that trade is when they've really turned the season around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they were one and six to start the year. They parted ways with mm-hmm. Hawkinson and now they've won four out of five. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy um, how that happened. But I'm sure, you know, TJ wants to have a good game against them, of course. And I know KOC definitely understands that. And so maybe he's going to incorporate him Um you know, more than he would have. And he's familiar. I, I always remember when guys came from teams and we played them, the coaches would always ask them a lot of questions because mm-hmm. they were familiar with, you know, the guys on, you know, on the team. So he probably can give some insight on the style of play or how people are. So that's kind of how he's a little more valuable to this week. Right. And then on the flip side, obviously, Detroit knows him very well so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to right. see um how that plays out but i do think it's pretty crazy how they've kind of changed the tone of their season since then and um, it was like to the day sally the right. trade deadline was on november 1st mm-hmm. and since then they've been the third best team in football per wins and losses right mm-hmm. and jared goff has been amazing <laughs> so it's like i i don't think that it has anything to do with tj by any means uh, as to why that has changed but it is crazy that I mean, has golf hasn't even thrown a pick in like four weeks, right? Which is not characteristic for him. So, mm. yeah, it's kind of like not not exactly an equivalent, but after the Bears traded away Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith, they were like, oh, okay, well, let's start using Justin Fields as a mm-hmm. a scrambling quarterback. Not not that those have any correlation, but their offense got all sexy, and Justin Fields now looks like he's going to be a good quarterback. And it was like, well, you just traded away your defense. So now he's going to have to do even more. So figure that one out. All right. On uh, predictions, you guys probably won't like this. I'm picking the Lions to win by three, 30 to 27, just because I do believe Minnesota will win the next two games at home. And uh, I feel like these hot Lions are are due to win. So I'm taking them 30 to 27. Ron, what do you got? Well, I would say that if uh, my gut feeling is if the Vikings were favored in this sort of a normal, you know, they're a 10 and 2 team going on the road against a division rival, um, you know, expected to win, I could see them losing that type of game. I think the fact that they are the underdogs, mm-hmm. um, I think that that's that added motivation. Like the fact that they're a 10 and 2 team, second best record in, in the league, and they're getting disrespected. Um, I think now is the time where, again, it's a familiar opponent. The games are always going to be close. Um, you know, I think the advantage of having Hawkinson being in that locker room and, you know, knowing that offense, um, I think that's going to that's gonna be helpful. Um, you know, he knows what Jared Goff likes to do, how they like mm-hmm. to play. Um, so I think that gives the added advantage, to, in my mind. Um, of us, you know, we, the Lions are playing really well. I'm not going to take that away from them, but I think us coming off of the games that we've been playing, and uh, yeah, and against the tough, de- we we come off playing four really good defenses between the Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, and Jets. And now, not shitting on the Lions, but we're going to play the Lions defense. They're also saying the same thing. They're playing our defense, but uh, I like our offense better than theirs. So. Um, I have us winning. I think we're going to put up points. I think it's going to be about a 34 to 27 game. Okay. Sally, uh, after the Hawkinson, Hawkinson trade, I should clarify, the Lions became a damn good football team. They're not just good for the Lions. They are in almost every offense, defense metrics too. They've been solid. So I've tried to look at this week all week. is not just, ooh, they're good for the little Lions. They're good right now. What do you got for prediction? 
Yeah, I agree with you. They are really good right now. And I believe that um, their blitz package has been very successful mm-hmm. um, recently. So, I mean, you really need Darisaw back to help out with that. I I don't know. I mean, I never count the Lions out any season against the Vikings. How it just feels really weird to pick against them at this point, yeah. <laughs> which is crazy. I don't think I've maybe picked against them since week two. Um, So it's crazy how that doesn't feel natural to me anymore. But I think logically, if I have to put down the Kool-Aid, it is pretty likely that this is one um, that just doesn't go their way. Because I do think even though, you know, the Vikings won the last two weeks and they've been good games, I just feel like the Lions have a lot of momentum right now. Uh, Jared Goff said this is the best he's ever played in his career. He, this is the most confidence and uh, the most comfortable he's ever been. And I think that's kind of showing in the way that he's been playing. And um, you already mentioned the defense. So I guess it's going to be another close one. Uh, let's see to mix it up. I guess I'll go. <laughs> I'm not going to count out. I'm not going to disc Greg Joseph right now. He had a good week. So maybe I'll go 27, 24 lions. That's what I was going to go. Oh, well, it's got to be right then. <laughs> you taking uh, B-Mac. Oh, I was going to say the Vikings, if Darisol plays, and if they really use the fact that they are underdogs and that like it's certain things that have to be said to them and brought to their attention about being underdogs and um, to the Detroit Lions and being 10-2 and two and not having respect, you know, still not being respected, things like that. And then Darisol coming in and playing too. And then I can feel like I can say the Vikings can win. I don't know if those things are being said in the locker room or not, but they should be um, to make them feel like you still haven't earned the respect yet. Um, so don't get comfortable. Um, so with with if that's the mindset, then I can see them pulling this out. But I, I do think it would be a 27-24 game um, with those factors. What do you got? Wait a minute. It, 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 oh. You got the Lions. If those, things are, if those things are taking place, mainly like letting the team know that they don't. I would say the Vikings. If the team knows like that, you you know you guys have been fought all year long and they still don't respect you, it'll put a little chip on their shoulders. And it's like, and then they have you losing. You know, Detroit. I understand Detroit's having a good season, and you know, and then Darisol comes back too will make an impact as well. Look, the Vikings are Dan Campbell's first ever win as a coach, so. <laughs> You know, it's probably special to him. (laughs) Yeah, and and say, go ahead, Ron. Oh, I was gonna say, I will say, I think uh, if Darisaw's healthy in this game, I think Kirk has his best game of 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 the season. I think you know, three hundred yards, three TDs, um, because I think I think it will be a shootout. Um, There's balls are balls going to be moving, which is crazy to say. Yeah, it is. The well, golf. Let's see. Draft of 2016 is 2022. If indeed he is, he is pretty darn pretty decent quarterback. This would really be the time of his career that he'd be at his peak if he didn't, you know, get traded from the Rams. Like, you know, based on a dude's resume, this is about the time you get to your peak. Well, it could have shades of that Thursday night football game in LA when, uh, you know, him and Kirk went back and forth and, uh, um, just in in like a 38 to 30. seven or whatever game that was but uh um i mean who knows watch this will be a game too that uh jameson williams busts off because you know of course we traded him to or gave them the opportunity to draft them um so watch him hit a long one on us or something 
I know we're wrapping up, but I wanted to ask you about this, Dustin, mm-hmm. um, because their first matchup in week three, JJ was held to 14 yards. So, I mean, obviously, I yeah. don't think it's going to be that bad, but are you concerned about that at all with yeah, the secondary? Yeah, I am. Well, I'm concerned about it because they're just going to replicate what they did because it works so damn well. And the only reason the Lions lost that game is because they went for it on fourth down over and over and over. So somebody's got to pull that. Except when it mattered. Yeah, pull that more on the side and said, yeah, it's good to do that, but not every time. And I swear to God, sitting at that game, it was like fourth and something between the 40 and the 50. And they're like, oh. Fucking name, let's go for it. And like every time. And yeah. so you can't do that every single time. And the whole reason the Vikings won that game was because Campbell was moronic with his fourth down decision making. Um, Reckless, yeah. However, I unlike before in the past two seasons, anyhow, I trust this coaching staff to figure out what tamed Jefferson last time and circumvent it just like they did after the Cowboys game when they could get nothing going and you had the Patriots coming to town and boom, you beat them. So yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a game for Jefferson. That's probably 70, 80, 90 yards rather than a goose egg or 200. The other part of that, that first matchup. And again, we keep going to the Hawkinson. Well, we didn't have Hawkinson. Um, Mm -hmm. So Hawkinson has shown in his time here that, how that opens up the rest of the field for JJ. Um, so I think having that in the middle of the field, um, and I can see the Lions players in their own right wanting to take Hawkinson out of the game just because yeah. that pride factor. Like you don't want to get beat by a guy who was on your team and that they traded away. So, uh, but I just think that's going to open it up for uh, uh, for Jefferson on the outside. And I know you know Okuda and um, you know o- is it. Or Warrior. Um, I think yeah, they've been no. playing well, and but they also they got their defensive coordinator or their D backs coach can. So um yeah. they, so we'll see that it, it'll be a good test, but I the having the matchup already in the holster for both sides, I think they both will learn from that and come out a little differently. Yep. The- well, Ron, it is hashtag one pride, so that was a good <laughs> adjective. There we go. The uh, the Lions are about... <laughs> the roar has been restored, right? <laughs> Let's hope not this week. No, right. But yeah. Detroit is about 45 <laughs> seconds away on Thanksgiving and a Josh Allen away from being 5-0 and since the Hawkinson trade. So yeah, we're, we're not trying to be doom and gloom about the perspective of this game, but the Vikings are going up against suddenly a good football team on the road against the division rival. So, all right, we'll the recap part this of one it, next la- week. Sorry. Yep. I was just going to say the fact that the Vikings have the opportunity to win the division, like just by a win, not having to rely on, I think that's another added piece of motivation. The fact that we can go and we can take this crown from the team that's trying to get it. from That's a good point. We'll recap this one next week, and then we'll preview the Colts matchup on a Saturday. And the Vikings usually find a way to play their worst game of the season against the Colts. That's how it's been for the last Mm -hmm. Two times, and they haven't beat the Colts since 1997. However, it's it's a brand new year, and we will talk about that next week. Anything else from the group? Nope. Nope. All right. Have a good <laughs> evening. All right, guys. Go away, bit. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.